Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Movie Time. Movie Time. You got myself, Renee, Loki Geek here, and Blake, Blake the Wolf. What's going on, dude? Renee, what is up, my dude? I am feeling rather strange after that movie, and I'm not sure what to think or how to feel, and I'm glad you're here to guide me. Anything I can do to help, because I, too, am going through a multitude or multiverse of emotions after seeing this movie. Um, And sometimes it's driving me a little mad. I don't know. But I think this is a good forum for us to talk about it. If you're coming from our non-spoiler review, welcome back. We are excited to talk more about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, If you're new to the channel, Movie Time is a weekly podcast where two buds talk about movies and bullshit about other things. Sometimes. Depends. But we do this on a weekly basis on the YouTube channel. And if you like what you see, hit that like, subscribe, share it with your friends, talk about it talk about it in the comments you know give us some feedback talk about the topics we're talking about let's have a discussion about it and if you are looking for an audio version of this you could find it in your on your audio podcast platform of choice just look for the low-key geek channel there where you could download this and many other episodes as well so without further ado we're not going to go into our usual, you know, like, well, let's think, what do we think about this movie? Let's just dive into this because we already did that. And if you want to see that, you could easily find the video. I'll provide a link in the description for you to go backwards. And again, this is spoiler territory. So if you have not watched the movie yet and you don't want anything ruined for you, what are you doing here? Stop watching. Pause. Bookmark it. Save it for later. You know, come back tonight depending on or later this morning whenever you wherever you are whenever you decide to watch it uh or if you just don't give a shit and you just want to hear us talk about the movie in general then stick around you know listen to what we have to say but spoiler alert is on the screen right now so we are going to dive into spoiler territory um so i think one of the things that i mentioned in our non-spoiler review about this is the treatment of Doctor Strange's character, right? Because when we were first introduced to him, obviously, yes, he is the arrogant surgeon. You know, he thinks he's above it all and all that stuff like that. And that carried through with him for a while because he was the Sorcerer Supreme. He was the protector of the realm or what have you and all that stuff like that. And during the events of Endgame, he was also seen as kind of like the square dude who's just like, well, you can't do this. We shouldn't do that. You Be careful what you do here. You know, all that kind of stuff like that. And we still saw a good amount of that in No Way Home. Here, I feel like they really tried to push him to be your typical comic book superhero. You know, where he was a little bit more, not happy-go-lucky, but, like, oh, gotta save the day. Gotta do this. And nothing streamed that more so than when he was at Christine's wedding and he hears something happening outside. Mm 
<laughs> and you see this, you know, people running in the streets of New York and all that. And what does he do? He does a Spider-Man slash Superman thing of just like doing one of these things, flying off the balcony. And then all of a sudden he's Doctor Strange mode like that. And that was just like, Sam Raimi, you bastard. You did that on purpose, right? Um, what were your thoughts on how they handled Strange's character in this movie? Uh, great goatee work more than anything else. Um just off the bat, uh, any uh, huge comic book fans or fans of this movie, go ahead and just start writing your comments right now below uh, about how much you hate my opinions. I'm giving this movie seven pizza balls out of a dozen pizza balls. Um, and the, my main takeaway from the movie is that I really want to eat pizza balls immediately and that I want to be a Sam Raimi fan. I am not a Sam Raimi fan. I loved the first Doctor Strange movie. It was, at the time, uh, like a, my favorite or a top three um, Marvel movie at that time. And then now we're in a whole new part of the MC multiverse. Uh, I did not love this movie. Uh, there was a lot of things about it that I did not like. We're going to talk through it. And one of my favorite things about having these combos with you is I have questions because I'm not uh, as much of a comic book person. I'm not as steeped in the lore as you are. And so if anyone's a casual fan and has some like just basic questions, stick around because uh, I'm going to grill you, Renee, on a few like, yeah. what the hell was that? What is happening here? Mm -hmm. stuff. But I've seen every MCU movie to date and loved a lot of them. There have been a few flops here and there. And I'm going to, I'm a little at this movie and I'm going to put it more in the flop category mm -hmm. um, was among my least favorite how they handled Doctor Strange I think my question overall is like how Sam Raimi handled this movie yeah. I think it was a lost opportunity for the MCU to regain some footing after a huge box office with Spider-Man and to pave the way home or forward to a, a more successful MCU post-COVID the theater box office has not been reliable and then they have a Spider-Man moment. And there's a, a minute where I was afraid like superheroes movies, this might be a beginning of an in situation. If people are not feeling the need to go to the theaters to see what the next new big movie is, which the MCU has been doing so consistently for so long and set so many box office records for so many years. This feels like after Eternals, after Black Widow and this one, Maybe Spider-Man is the fluke. I'm not sure. I did not want to feel that way. I went into this. I loved the first Doctor Strange movie. I like that character a lot. I write about something, though, with how they handled him. He's been more cynical in the past mm -hmm. and the most reserved one. And unfortunately, to borrow a quote uh, from Endgame, I looked forward in time. I saw 14,605 futures. And in this one, this movie sucked. That's... that's <laughs> Oh, sadly, the universe that we live in. Burn, burn, sick burn. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I don't have a, I, I, I have more questions than anything. Sure. And I, I actually do want to appreciate this movie more. I know that with like I, I said in our other video, the America Chavez character did not love their acting at all. Mm. Um, Batch, known quantity. He enjoys putting on the goatee and the cape. I think he's kind of in his element out there for sure. Rachel McAdams, um, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. And I love, I've loved Rachel McAdams since the notebook. Uh, Benedict Wong, 
I want him to have his own franchise or TV show. Just like <laughs> give that man as much time on screen yeah. as possible. Mm-hmm. Fully underrated in 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 the Hollywood world uh, and in the MCU also. That they had an opportunity to, to bring in someone who's either a known quantity or they're going to be the next superstar of the MCU. After this one, I don't know that I'm interested in seeing a spinoff. Mm-hmm. What I don't know is is that the actresses Sochi Gomez playing America Chavez is that her fault or because uh, there was like I'm gonna call it like the the the, the Disney um uh, like actor style kind of thing where yeah it wasn't high quality acting I or if it was the Sam Raimi doing his campy thing with the movie and the camera this felt like a one thing I liked about Doctor Strange before is he was it was better dialogue. This one had a couple jokes where I laughed, and otherwise a lot mm. of it was it was more gung ho. It's exactly what you're saying. It was a more happy go lucky. Like I don't have a choice. I can't overthink things. I just got to keep saving the day. And if that means yeah. I'm breaking my own rules and I become a flying ball of paint, then so be it. We got to take those risks. Whereas before he was much more calculated. And I like that Doctor Strange. I. I almost feel like Sam Raimi said, okay, you want me to make one of these movies? I'm going to need to have final cut on something, the script, the movie. I don't know how much, but I just think they gave him too much freedom in that regard. Mm-hmm. Enough to where they could have had a spinoff for that America Chavez character uh, if they played that right. And I don't know that that movie gets made. I'm curious how the box office does and how people react to it in general. Yeah. No, I think like what I mentioned in our other video... This is definitely one of those introductions to someone we're definitely going to see more of later on down the line with America Chavez. And they're definitely going young. They're definitely going the younger route here. You know, uh, I, I said I kind of compared it to the, the Hawkeye series where you, we're introduced to Haley Steinsfeld's character um, who's a younger quote unquote hero. We have now America Chavez. We have the new Miss Marvel show coming out on Disney Plus, who's going to be a younger, again, version of a Captain Marvel like character. So they really are going more young, you know. And I think in the longevity of the MCU makes sense because we get to grow up with these characters. And, you know, unlike, you know, your Downey Juniors, your Evans, you know, or what have you, they're getting older, right? So we don't want to, no one wants to see superheroes age older like like past our ages right like they we want to see them mature and grow up you know we don't want to see them get old and gray and all that stuff like that now unless you're talking about a storyline like logan or something like that where someone's like really in the last years of his life totally different scenario like uh, you know intriguing stories and all that stuff like that but you don't really feel like you're going to get a lot of that in the MCU as a whole, right? So definitely, you know, gearing towards the the younger crowd. And, you know, for me, like her acting, I think it is a little bit mixture of Sam Raimi plus the disinfication of it all too. Um, you know, and again, I'm curious to see how Miss Marvel is going to turn out on Disney Plus and how that's going to, you know, is that going to be like more CW territory or, or what have you? We don't know, right? So... Uh, it's it's definitely interesting there, um, and as far as acting, the one I, one person I didn't hear you mention is Elizabeth Olsen, uh, because I find Elizabeth Olsen to be a really phenomenal actress. Like she does 
a lot of great stuff. And if you've watched WandaVision, the more and more you fell in love with her and the character of Wanda. Now, my fear while I was watching this movie... Now, don't get me wrong. Elizabeth Olsen was still fantastic in this movie. However, my fear, and this was more of the, the things I don't like about Sam Raimi, is I thought she was getting very, very close to that line of the mustache-twirling villain. You know, kind of just like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, you're going to take me to that place, and we're going to figure it out. And, you know, it's like, you got to give it to me now. And, you know, it's... It was very, very on that borderline. It was not just, nuanced. And she yeah. is good at nuanced acting and conveying yeah. two or three emotions at the same time. Or she's having to fight someone and be excited and cry over Paul Bettany. Uh, right. Martha Marcy, May Mar- Martha Marcy May Marlene was the first time I saw her. Uh, mm-hmm. And that movie is incredible. She can do proper great acting. You're right. Oh, yeah. I left, I left mm-hmm. her off. I... WandaVision was a good vehicle for her. I'm a little sad that uh, they may have tapped off WandaVision with this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you can send a character to her brink and have her absolutely like lose herself and her footing and her ground and like what she believes in. That was happening in the movies in WandaVision and now. And at some point, you don't really come back. Like Hawkeye's kind of hit his limit a couple times, we've seen. Uh, her characters hit their limit a couple times. There's other characters who've just like been good or consistent, or like Spider-Man, kind of always on the come up. It seems yeah. this character is just always on the the down. So I I love Elizabeth Olsen. She did as good as anybody could with this script and this movie. Mm-hmm. I would hate it if her character was a casualty of this movie. If so, then like that's that's a big loss. And if you replace that with uh, Dash was playing America Chavez, then I think that's a big that's a big whiff opinion yeah yeah i i mean i don't i know like at the end of this movie and we'll talk about like proper like the the ending and what does it all mean and all that stuff like that but you know in this movie it appears that wandavision takes herself out because she's trying to completely close the door and the hole in the whole dark hole dark magic scenario right so it looks like she she may be gone but i don't think she's completely gone because She's one of the strongest MCU characters out there. So to kind of ask her out like that in such an easy way, well, again, under her own doing, I think that's a wasted opportunity, especially to such a beloved character as Wanda slash Scarlet Witch, right? Um, But the one thing that they didn't fool around with is that immediately in the movie, they let you know right away that she's the bad guy. Right. It's like, you know, they had the meeting and you've seen this in the trailer where Strange and her meet in the, in the, the fields and she's dealing with apple trees or whatever the case is, what have you. You know, she's still pining over her children that she created, that she, you know, kind of wants back and all that. And she plays along as if like, she's like the victim, like, I'm so sorry about what happened in Westview. You know, like I totally changed. And then she slips up. Right. And she's like, well, why don't you bring Chavez to me? And then she kind of does one of those like stops and she's like, wait a minute. You never told me her name, did you? And he's like, no. And then it was also was like, ha ha, I tricked you and this is my realm now and I'm the Scarlet Witch. You know, and I was just like, oh, no. I'm like, what are they doing? So I think. 
for a lot of people who really loved WandaVision, who a lot of people who maybe were questioning the dark turn of her, you know, that we saw a little bit of in WandaVision, I think a lot of those people are going to be really thrown off in this movie. Um, and it, this happens really early on in the movie, too. Um, and I think watching the journey of Wanda throughout, there were a lot of great moments, you know, and there were a lot of like fantastic moments where the Sam Raimi style of like editing and movie making really fits well. And that's a lot of like the more horror stylings of it all, you know, like when she confronts Strange and all of a sudden she finds herself in this weird dimension, the way they handled like the reflections and her usage of like trying to figure things out and get herself back into the reality world and all that, those were some of like the best like effects and moments of the movie where I was just like, holy shit, you know, this is freaky. This is really scary. And, you know, even like Strange and, and Wong and they're like, what the hell's happening? You know, she's breaking through. Cover the cover the reflections. And they're like trying to cover puddles and this and that. Yeah. You know, and, and this is that was like the one true sequence where we saw a lot of Raimi's editing style, you know, like the quick cuts like door, sound, this kind of, and all that kind of stuff like that. And then, you know, every time you see anything that's like undead like in the movements of undead, you know, like we see things that he's used in Evil Dead and all that stuff like that, you know, that's just his way. But I think it worked in this movie. Um my only fear was just again with Wanda like how villainy are they going to make her how like sticky are they going to make her and they got very close a lot they really did uh but i think at the end of the day and, and i credit olsen's acting to this is that she he found a way to reel it back in towards the end especially when they kind of um you know did the big reveal it not the reveal but they allowed her to see the reality or the, the multiverse reality of her children alive and seeing how they were acting towards her. You know, they're like, our mom wouldn't freaking try to kill us or like hurt anybody, right? And, you know, they have that touching moment between her and the alternate reality of Wanda. Wanda touches her face and just like, just keep in mind that I'm going to keep them safe and they're going to be cool with me. And I thought, again, because of her acting, I think that really worked it worked out really well and it kind of saved the character for me in the movie. Now what happens to her moving forward, I don't know, but you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, I thought was very necessary to talk about. Yeah, the, the looking at this as a horror movie actually also helps. Looking at it as a campy movie helped me kind of reframe it as why wasn't this high quality as other MCU movies as a horror movie because mcu hasn't done a horror movie they've done so many no. other genres uh like the buddy comedy and the heist movie and the so, so many different takes on this one was the most horror movie for sure there's yeah. a few moments there's like her fingers are black and she's oh. doing the magic and she looks and she's like there's the the zombie doctor strange of it all there's a moment where um where right before uh, Charles Xavier, spoiler, Charles Xavier's fucking dead. Um, where he was like, as the red smoke floating towards him and his look mm -hmm. and his neck snaps, oh. that was intense. Yeah. There's a few moments that actually worked. There was another one that did not work at all. We're in the like 
watery, sewery area, and there's a door behind them that won't open, and she's on the other side of the door, and then everything slows down, and there's that was yeah. The water is slowing down, and their heart rates, and you can see, and they go, "Where, where is she? Did she just appeared?" <laughs> that was really bad. Like, <laughs> if this it is was, his it was like... <laughs> drunk scare, he was trying to do a bad jump scare. It was really weak, in my opinion, because like a good jump scare would have worked in that moment. I, I I wouldn't even be shocked if he made a good jump scare and MC said, well, that's too much horror. We can't really freak. We got, you know, eight-year-olds we're trying to win over uh, with our our acting, our casting choices, and you can't do that. I don't know, but that was a flop of a moment in, in a movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I think I was the only one laughing during that, that moment because <laughs> it, it's like it, it was such intensity. Uh, you know they're running away from so so basically what happens is that one they do this thing called dream walk right right where part of the dark hold magic is that you can possess another person's being and you know basically use them as an avatar right and you're you know she's running through this uh alternate reality chasing down chavez strange and wong um, oh no, not Wong. Sorry, um, Christine. Right? Yeah, I think it was Christine Palmer that was with them. And there, yeah, you're right. They're in the sewer thing, and then they're closing doors behind them. Right? Closing doors, closing doors, and she keeps busting through them, busting through them. Why this one door she didn't decide to bust through didn't make any sense because she has the power to do it. But then why stop running? Why were they just staring at the door, waiting for her to bust through? Right. And then everything slows down. Even the droplets of water start slowing down and he has such intensity and all that. And then almost as if there was like a side door that they didn't see. And they're like, she's like, surprise, suckers, I'm here. It's like, what? You know, it was just like one of those weird things. It felt like something you would have seen out of the movie Malignant. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen that movie, but oh, my God, it was just it, it was probably one of the more cringy moments in this movie that it just didn't work. You're right. It didn't work. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was really, really out of nowhere and, and quite, quite uh, unfortunate. But looking for the latest Doctor Strange collectibles and action figures? How about this exclusive Scarlet Witch Funko Pop? You can get this and so much more only at Entertainment Earth. For 26 years, Entertainment Earth has been the premier online destination for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. Visit the link in the description and use code SPRINGFREE22 to get yourself free shipping on all orders over $39. This offer is only valid in the US, but fear not, they still ship overseas. Go and visit EntertainmentEarth.com and get yourself something awesome entertainment earth so many toys so much fun before we talk about you know the the big uh i guess middle scene where you alluded to professor x and all that stuff like that um before we talk about that i want to talk about some of the other storylines that they kind of glossed over really and I think one of the major ones, which kind of leads to this. So, you know, they're, they're, they're jumping through dimensions and they finally end up in this one dimension, right? And um, it looks like an alternate future of New York City. You know, red means go, you know, green means stop, all that stuff like that. Um, very interesting moment between. So it is a Sam Raimi movie. So, of course, there's going to be a cameo by Bruce Campbell, who plays this pizza ball vendor. And I'm telling you, if if 
uh, Avengers Campus in Disney does not start selling pizza balls like starting this weekend. Missed opportunity because that is going to be a hot ticket. I want some. I we were talking before this, and like we would die to have some just right here on our plate as we're talking about this stuff right now because those look pretty good. But nice little funny, funny moment between you know them and, and Bruce Campbell there, and you know he does the whole you know army of um, Evil Dead thing where he starts punching himself and like you know all that kind of stuff like that. But they run into Baron Mordor, right? We haven't seen Baron Mordor since the end of the first Doctor Strange movie. Now, when we saw the ending of the first Doctor Strange movie, there is a post credit scene where Mordor is apparently going around and he is jealous of all these people who have, you know, kind of like sorcery-like powers, right? So he's sucking them back in for himself. You know, so they were really building him up to be like this big rival of strange fast forward what now six years later apparently that was a thing but we never saw it we never seen anything happen but how do we know because we get a little narrative from dr strange saying "Uh oh here's mordo you know where where in my reality uh he kind of is jealous of me he kind of doesn't like me and all this kind of stuff like that um what where did all that happen you know, and it, it kind of tried to build that tension. It was like, well, how is this version going to react? And it looks like, you know, they're buddies and all that kind of stuff, um, at least at that moment. But it was so weird that they kind of brushed over the whole storyline that they were building towards. And then they were just like, you know what? We'll just do a quick mention to catch everyone up to speed on it. And I'm like, wow, that is I've never seen a Marvel film do that. Because Marvel films have always been very specific and very, uh, at least, almost as good, almost perfect when it comes to tying up storylines. And that's one storyline they never tied up at all. And I think it provided a huge plot hole. Um, now, I don't know how much you remember from the original Strange movie, but when you saw Mordor shut up, show up, like, were you like, oh, I remember that guy. What happened to that dude? Only because it's Chiwetel Ojifor and he's yeah. a great actor, and I remember him very clearly. But yeah. I don't know that plot. I don't know. I actually thought for a second that he was in a post-credit scene for something, and then no, I, I'm trying to check. I I can't find anything where he's been in MCU yeah. since First Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I I love that actor, so I did I did recall him being there. There was a couple things. The other interesting thing, on the other hand, while they did exposition for like, oh, I remember you, old friend, and they mentioned it a couple times because it was such so crucial. Like, oh, did you know that in our other world we were enemies? After he'd already right. explained that to the audience, um, right? But I think it's interesting. Unless I missed it, they did not do any great exposition on Wandavision. They did essentially as if Wandavision, as if you all you had to know was that the blip happened. And she loses vision. And then something happened in the meantime where she made, you know, she did something regrettable and Dr. Strange is, you know, going to be mad at her for it. He did not do, I guess he, he mentions that she could, if she could control the whole town, then what if she did that to Kamertage or something like that? But there wasn't yeah. much of that. There was more exposition on, on Chiwetel Ojefor's character than on the TV show WandaVision. I think the bet might be that so many people saw WandaVision 
and it's not fully necessary to understand this movie but that's a huge to see her character go from how she ends in mcu where she's a sweetheart essentially she'd soften for love Mm -hmm. and then coming into this one where she's just like i'm pure evil that's a flip switching that is hard to sell for anybody and it feels kind of like shortchanging an actress of not watching them evolve into madness or even explaining that very well like oh the man you love died and now you're just making absolutely bonkers decisions speaking of which like the fact that dr strange who used to be cynical and scientifically calculated trusted her after knowing the wild shit she had just done in wandavision doesn't make sense that's when you're talking about earlier how the doctor strange character changed that's to me the one of the biggest things where he's just going for it and somebody goes uh, it's um america chavez and someone goes okay so just to be clear you found the woman who has been trying to kill me and you told her exactly where i am the person you said she's our only hope wasn't that the only hope or did you just fuck us because doctor strange used to be the one kind of unfucking things or trying right. to make sure now he's just fucking up. And at some point you're like, well, how many multiverse universes are you going to have to go through before you slow down for one damn second and maybe try to recalculate the odds? Uh, the idea that like, oh, I have to suck out her powers is how the movie starts. And that's his nightmare. He did not learn from, eventually by the end of the movie, he learns from the nightmare and says, right. oh, maybe there's a way that doesn't result in me getting more power. If they had explained this movie by saying Doctor Strange had started doing a lot of cocaine and was just like off the wall and just making some poor life decisions, not thinking things through, just like, woo, let's keep going. Yeah, another multiverse, sign me up, baby. The person who just uh, destroyed and brainwashed an entire town and tried to do a lot of murder. Yeah, I'll trust her with the most secret information that will protect the multiverse. Get out of here. And then the other one that to me is a hard sell is Wanda thinking that I need to go find a universe where my boys exist. And then I'm going to just do an Indiana Jones switcheroo in that (laughs) lovely home. And just, uh, do you know what their names are? Like, how are you pulling this off? You need to have a little bit more planning. And instead she does the fucking opposite and just immediately uh, attacks the mom not a smart move if you want to transition right. these boys into their new home. I didn't, I'm not an adoption expert, but I'm guessing the advice to have a good relationship with your children is not to attack their mom in front of them. That might just mess them up a little bit. Maybe your like idyllic 1950s Leave It to Beaver WandaVision vision isn't going to come true anymore. Right. There's a couple things there where this movie sold those concepts short, didn't explain them or work them through with the script. I understand you're not going to be able to answer every single question. You'd have to basically say Wanda went completely bonkers. Yeah. Isn't even able to do a lie for more than eight seconds when we first see her. And is so off the rails that she can't even think one strategy step of, oh, here's my ultimate goal. What happens then? No idea. We'll wing it and then fuck that up so badly that she did because then she gets to come back to Earth again. But um, she definitely didn't learn her lesson from WandaVision. And then uh, Doctor Strange, him making such just all-out choices, going for it. 
it's Cancun, baby, let's get fucked up and just run through their multiverse. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like that. I'm not trying to nitpick. I think those help genuinely contribute to why this movie is not very compelling. It yeah. doesn't do nuance at all. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's the nitpicking is what the fans are going to do. Because, like I said, MCU and Marvel, they, they've always done a really good job at being very buttoned up with a lot of things, right? And I felt like this is one of those few movies, if, if there were any other movie like this, where they really didn't, like, include a lot of things. Or they were very half-assing story bits just to progress forward, right? Now, yeah, granted the whole WandaVision switch from... The last time we saw her on the big screen to seeing her on the big screen now, if you didn't watch WandaVision, obviously you're going to be completely lost, right? So I think it's more of them entrusting that their audience has been following the journey of everybody this whole time, right? So being able to pick it up and it kind of, in a way, is forcing the audience to, well, if you didn't watch WandaVision, you better watch this first, then watch the movie. Or if you watch the movie, go back and watch WandaVision to understand where she's coming from and all this stuff like that. Because everyone will be like, well, who the fuck are these two kids? Right. And then also one could also say, you're telling me that in all the alternate realities of Wanda and her kids, that Vision is dead in all of them? Because we never saw Vision in any of them. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's just like, so the, yeah. are you saying the one constant that happens in all the multiverses that Vision has to die? <laughs> because where is he? Yeah. Or who's the dad? Or like, for right. situation, like what's happening here? Right. That's a good point. That's tragic. Yeah. It's like, that's, and if, yeah. if now if they focused in on that, right, that's a sad story that that adds more of that emotion that we saw in WandaVision, right? Where it's just like the one constant in the world is that vision has to be dead no matter what, you know, that that's that's unfortunate. And I think that was even one of the the storyline. I think that was one of the, the overall uh, things that happened in WandaVision where it's like no matter what, we can't save vision. Vision has to be dead, right? Because that's what she tries to do on the show. And she she created this life and this family and all that stuff like that. But yet, if there are multiverses where the kids actually do exist, that they're not part of her own creation, so does that mean Vision really still has to be dead for that? You know, then who, like you said, who's the father, right? You know, do they have powers? Because it looked like they had powers on the show, but here they look really weak as fuck. Yeah, and they were just like normal kids watching old black and white cartoons and throwing freaking toys at Scarlet Witch as she walks in through the portal. You know, because like <laughs> they couldn't save her mom at all, right? As she's being tossed away, and you know, into the kitchen. You know, they were just like normal kids, right? So just interesting there, and I felt like again with the the, the switch of how they were handling Strange um, and being once the very calculating strategic i have to think of all numerous possibilities before i act or how is this going to affect on things to miss all those steps throughout most of the movie and just have things happen like oops i did it again you know kind of thing like that but then at the very end i did like the fact that yes he learned from the visions in his dream and and was like well hold on 
maybe the, uh, there could be something else. That's the strange that we know. That's the strange that like, okay, there's always another possibility, right? There's always something instead of just acting, acting, acting. Because in a way, he was kind of acting like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, you know? No strategy, just jump in it. Jump into it. Gung-ho, yeah. So maybe he was hanging out too much with Star-Lord. I don't know. And he kind of picked up on some bad habits. Give me like a two-minute. He's been so traumatized by the, the events of the blip. Give... Anything from from Spider Man, like this guy starting to spiral, just give me something of why he's out of control now. Yeah, I, they maybe hint that it starts with the nightmare. It's, he's then at his one true love's wedding. There's so much opportunity between the things that we know about this character that are already showing us. Have a character go like, "Hey, you haven't been sleeping well. Are you okay? You need to slow down." And him go like, "No, yeah. I got to keep pushing through until I solve this crisis or whatever." Just right. one line of dialogue or two, and we now it, it's no longer bonkers, you know. Yeah. Um, and a similar thing for WandaVision, where if, if you did that with both characters, but the fact that both characters are are just going for it, and we're not getting ex, we're getting other exposition throughout. Yeah. That that's that's a missed opportunity for sure, and it doesn't take a whole new script to fix that problem. You're looking at a few yeah. lines of dialogue. Yeah, and it's interesting too because so right before I saw the movie today, I did read a, a quick article where Sam Raimi said that he had to cut 35 minutes off of this movie. Mm. Um, I wonder if we ever get treated to an uncut version or whatever the case is, if those missing beats are somehow there. You know, I don't know. You know, but it is very interesting. You know, you, when you hear about stuff like that, you know, just like, well, what did they sacrifice on the cutting room floor in order just to move the story along and keep it within a respectable, you know, runtime, right? But, you know, I, we'll, we'll never know. For all we know, maybe it's just never there. And maybe this is more of his Sam Raimi-isms just he had to get rid of, you know. But um, uh, so going back to, again, to Mordor. So we are in um, this reality where uh first mordor was a friend then he was afraid of strange and chavez because of what they could do to their own reality right and they they kind of cage him up and then we get introduced to their version of christine uh of um, miss palmer there um and one of the, and this is more of a geek moment where this reality is aware of all the multiverses, all the different possibilities and all that, to the point where they, they started labeling them. And they finally called the reality that we are familiar with, where Doctor Strange comes from, 616, Earth 616. Now, as a comic book fan, as a nerd, and I'm sure a lot of you out there who, who are fans as well, we love that moment because that was straight out of the comic books but also in a way it lets you the audience know that anything goes now really at this point because if they label all the multiverses this if anything this movie shows you is that anything can happen that's why it's so interesting to to really understand where they're going forward in this MCU, in this phase. I think we're in phase four or going to phase five or whatever. Do, do the phases even matter anymore? Because yeah. I feel like they're just going to many different things. But it's it's fun, but also scary because 
that also gives them the opportunity to course correct a lot of stuff, bring back certain characters again, you know, but I guess it's all about longevity, right? You know, but that was just one moment I wanted to bring up because it was very, you know, it was like a nerd, you know, fandom thing. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, what's up? No, yeah, for sure. I was gonna, I was gonna throw, uh, I threw a link your way, but my question is mm-hmm. gonna be, those four characters, um, I, I as the not comic book person, have some questions about. Oh, sure. Who those people are? Yeah. What's going on? I know that I know who John Krasinski is. Jim from the yeah, Office yeah. apparently had a really wild future after the show ended. Um, he is playing Doctor John Reed from Fantastic. I'm going to uh, all right, all right. Uh, all right. Let, let, yeah, let, let, let's just we'll just dive we'll dive into that right now, and then and then okay. I'll exp- I'll explain it. So, can't get enough of Doctor Strange and want to read more of his stories? There's no better place to go than Things from Another World. For over 30 years, Things from Another World has been the home for all of your comic book needs, whether it's the latest and greatest, or going back in time to catch up on stories you may have missed comic books, graphic novels, graded comics, and exclusives. Things from Another World has it all, from all the major comic book publishers from all over the world. Never want to miss a comic book issue from your favorite title? Things from Another World also offers subscriptions to ensure that you get the latest delivered once they are released. Visit TFAW.com and start reading some great stories now. In this reality, you know, we, we see the, you know, the Ultron bots, which is something that we saw in What If, you know, and I guess the Ultron AI still exists in this reality. We don't know who was responsible for it if, you know, they have their version of Tony Stark, which the rumor was originally was that they may, they were trying to, or, you know, there was, or whatever the case was, there was speculation that Tom Cruise was going to get cast as Tony Stark for this version of this reality. Um, because Tom Cruise was one of the original choices to play Iron Man before they signed on Robert Downey Jr. So it would have been like a nod to the whole, you know, hey, this could have been this way, blah, 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 whatever, right? So, cameo like Tropic Thunder, that would have been really fun to see him just right? like, be silly with it, yeah. Yeah, so that would have been really interesting. To, and I think I'm sure a lot of people would have lost their shits when that happened. But... We get introduced to the first time on screen the Illuminati. So the Illuminati is an actual group that is found in the comics, and for the same exact purpose that is stated in this film, it's a society of you know beings from all different walks of life that are allowed to meet up and make major decisions that would affect universes, multiverses, all that stuff like that. Because that's when shit gets crazy, you know? Kind of like how the Avengers were formed to um, fight against the alien threats like, you know, Thanos and all that stuff like that. These ultimate minds, and it's it's all like very smart people, all very brilliant minds um, that are can make those hard-to-make decisions uh, of what is best for their reality and for the multiverse in general, right? So Mordo, Mordo is apparently a part of the, the council there, you know, because he is in this reality the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, then we get introduced to Agent Carter. Um, who is this version's, uh, this reality's version of Captain America, which if you watched What If, 
um, that was part of that was the first what if episode that they ever aired is a what if she got injected with the serum instead of Steve Rogers and then she would have been you know Agent Carter Captain Britain you know she that's why you look at the shield she, yeah. you have like the, the Britain flag over it and all that and I, I, for a lot of fans of that character and there are a lot of them and especially for that episode what if they they're gonna love this moment. They're gonna love that moment, right? Then we get introduced to Black Bolt once again. Now, Black Bolt was a character that they tried to introduce on Agents of Shield. Then they have a spin-off show called The Inhumans, which didn't do that great. Um, but Black Bolt is another being that has an intense superpower where his voice is like the voice of God in a way. So anything he says whatever is in its wake in its direction is going to get obliterated because that's how strong he is and all that so got black... okay right yeah so you got black bolt there now um the, their version of captain marvel is maria rambeau who is the best friend of carol danvers if you remember in the original captain marvel so I guess in this reality, instead of Carol Danvers getting called into in, uh, off into space to get those powers, it's her that did. So she is the one that now honed in on the, the powers of Captain Marvel there. And this is also seen in the comic books, too. So that's why when we saw uh, you know, Rambo, uh, the name Rambo show up in the movie, we see the daughter and all that stuff like that. You know, we're like, okay, could this be a future iteration of Captain Marvel? So it's kind of a nice throwback to like, well, what if the friend got the powers instead of Carol? And then now this is the Captain Marvel here. John Kaczynski, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. This is the ones that the fans have been outcrying for ages now. They've been saying that if they do a live action Fantastic Four movie in the MCU, they want John Krasinski to be Reed Richards, and they want his wife, Emily Blunt, to be Invisible Woman. You know, because they they see them as those characters. They think they would they we already know they work well together, you know, and they are they're a family. So Fantastic Four is supposed to be a family of four who, you know, protect the universe and all that stuff like that. So there have been rumors that John has been talking to the to Marvel for something, and it's nice that we finally got to see that in, unfold in front of us. And I think for me, in the theater that I watched it in, that was the biggest pop uh, uh, when he showed up. It was like the biggest pop because the last one that we get introduced to is Professor X, but that was already spoiled because of the trailer. We already heard Patrick Stewart's voice in the background and this and that. However, and I don't know if Sam Raimi had a lot to do with this, but you can have a more awesome but yet campy introduction to Professor X because he rolls on to, to the screen with the original 1990s cartoon theme music of X-Men playing in the background. And I was just like, wow, they're, they're throwing it back to that. But he has his yellow hover chair and all that stuff. And there you go. You have the Illuminati, right? Um, awesome moment to see them on screen. Awesome moment to have those conversations with him and with them and Doctor Strange. We find out that they were forced to kill their version of Doctor Strange because they were afraid of him. They were afraid of his 
um, capability to destroy multiverses after the events that unfolded with Thanos, right? So, and it was actually Doctor Strange that helped form this council uh, because, you know, he too was also thinking ahead and be like, well, we need that. Uh, but they just, yeah, but... W- I guess what he didn't calculate is that they were going to get rid of him, right? And mm-hmm. and to kind of do a you know uh, face to you know their their reality, they built a monument for him, you know, called him a hero and all that because they just don't want people to realize that they are the ones who decided to you know to kill him, um, which is very very interesting st- stuff and all that. However, the best part. Of the whole Illuminati. Oh, well, go ahead. Oh no, I have a question. Is so you've got yeah, these yeah. four amazing characters, kind of like I'm imagining it almost like an Avengers type, a team up of this other world, mm-hmm. where like these super amazing characters, and maybe I'm we'll we can talk about it in a minute, but maybe some of them will come into our MCU at some point. Mm-hmm. But because surely they like to set these characters up to have all their own spinoffs, right? Like the characters. What did they do with the characters, Renee? So remember when I said like. Anything goes, you know, and I say it really doesn't matter. I felt like this was Marvel kind of telling the audience and all the fans, hey, look, this looks awesome, right? Well, you, you ain't going to get it. (laughs) Because literally after their introduction, 10 to 15 minutes later, each one of them gets wiped the fuck out in probably the most brutal ways possible. And I thought that was hilarious and amazing to watch in front of me. But but, but Xavier is one of the most beloved characters. Of course, in, yeah. They wouldn't kill him, would they? What what happened to him? Surely they would let him live. Well, I mean, again, this is not even the main reality, right? So this is an alternate reality, so they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. You know? Murdered. Next snapped. Yeah. Brutal, so though. yeah, let let's talk about each of those deaths because I, again, Wanda takes on an avatar. Uh, the their reality is Wanda, right? And she's the one that's carrying all the crazy, doing what she's got to do to get Chavez, right? And the whole reason why she wants to get Chavez is because obviously she wants to go into reality using her where she could be with her two powerless kids, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes like this big showdown right it looks like it's going to be a big showdown and all of us were like oh let's get ready this is going to be the best shit ever and you have reed now if you're not familiar with reed richards he is like a huge brain he is like he's a brain he knows the cosmos he knows space he, he knows multiverses he knows alternate realities huge scientist all that stuff like that and for a lot of people seen as like a really good leader he takes the forefront and he's he's trying to communicate with wanda he's like look i know how it feels this and that i have kids of my own which is true and you know all this and then she flips it on him like okay you 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 have a wife is she still alive And, and he's like well yeah well, yeah, that must be nice, you know, and then, well, at least the kids will have someone to take care of them when you're gone. Oh. And just like, holy shit. First, Good luck killing this super powerful guy on the super powerful council. No way, Wanda. 
no way, Wanda, because, you know, we got Black Bolt, and he could just say one small word, you know, coming out of his mouth, and he could wipe you out. And then she's like, what mouth? And we see that his mouth is completely covered, and he's freaking out that he actually says something to himself, and boom, we just see his internal brain That's bust. what happened. I don't yeah. I- you know Black Bolt, that is a much more satisfying. I just thought she exploded his head. It's no. actually a pretty cool way to kill Black Bolt. That's fucking yeah. She, she does, she covers it, but she covers it with his own flesh, Matrix right. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, because he says, oh, that's, because I guess you got to try to break through, and that's his only thing he has. Right. Because oh, he's, like, he's like freaking out, and he's like, and then he's like, boom. And he just, yeah. For this movie, it's like, that is horrific. That is nightmarish. And then, I, there's some things we see in this movie that a lot of other movies in Marvel would have glossed over, and they're oh, showing yeah. nightmare stuff for real oh, nightmares, yeah. and also like, okay, this real thing happening is a nightmare. Ugh, yeah, that was yeah. They really pushed the boundaries during, especially this part, this part, because like, like I said, every death is so brutal, and this, I, I will give credit to Sam Raimi for this because only his mind would think of something like either him or James Gunn. Yeah, if if you watch Peacemaker, like James Gunn, this is something he would have thought of as well. But Raimi did a really good job with that. So you have Black Bolt who just got his brain blown up in, inside of his head because of his own words. Then you have Reed who's trying his best as Mr. Stretchy Stretchy Pants there. And what does she do? Essentially makes him into like silly string, you know, ripping his 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 skin into like all these until like confetti until he gets to the she gets to the brain and just smashes the brain so you got reed who's now asked out the light work of him yeah i was going like okay well he's gonna have to fight nope before i could even have the thought oh what's he gonna do in response he was boom kaput just yeah Wild, like just so nuts you know and then yeah and then you have a showdown between their captain marvel and uh peggy carter right you know and then you know you have uh, Agent Carter, who you know, is is your Captain America, so she's like even you know she's picking herself up and she's like I could do this all day, you know she has the same lines and everything like that, you know throwing the shields and you know really great stuff on screen, but then again one of those who gets asked out so quick how Wanda just takes the shield and throws it right back at her super speed and basically splits her in half. One, one move, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Done. Just like, boink, that's it. And then you have she poor died. Captain she Marvel, died. yeah, who did her best, right? But, you know, Wanda, again, being so strong of a person that she is, basically strips her down from her power, and she's left alone on the floor, powerless, and she just has a statue fall on top of her and crushes her. And then that was, and there's your Illuminati, fellas. That's it. Guys and girls, your Illuminati is there, then and gone. But then... Because, well, what about Professor X, right? You know, and you already alluded to this before. You know, he's in his wheelchair, so he can't, like, you know, zoom that fast over. So we, he waits for this opportune moment, just about the time when he's about to confront Chavez and Palmer. And he shows up behind, he's like, surprise, I'm going to go in your head, right? And, which was something Xavier would do. And you get this really cool moment where he's walking around in her brain and he sees the essence of the original Wanda, their Wanda, trapped under rubble, right? 
But like you said, in a very horror element way, you get this red mist that's like sneaking up behind him and basically saying, sorry, professor, you ain't be, you're going to, you ain't going to be able to save this person and just theory. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Just, and to cap it out, the, the mist surrounds him and you just see Wanda sneak in, snapping his neck in her head and in reality and now he's dead and there really goes your illuminati all in a in a matter of like what 10 15 minutes i death, each death was about seven seconds or so like the fight yeah. scene it felt like so if you're cutting back and forth between different moments at, at points in the movie but you all those deaths together i guess if you had the longest one his strategy was go into her mind where she is the woman who's to find the actual woman of the body who's taken over. Right. And then it's a metaphor because she's under rubble or like in a prison cave and he's going to pull her out. I'm seeing, we're seeing like the rocks kind of tremble and like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe she'll get crushed now. And how would that, what if she does die? What does that mean for the body of, like, are we in an inception problem where if you die in your Xavier brain world, then the person who's avataring you from the actual Earth 616, whatever, like, how do you... No, she just red smokes the shit out of Xavier and then snaps his neck. Yep. Um, that was wild. I, I think those 90s Marvel movies are going to be my... Or, like, those 90s X-Men movies are going to be my first foray into superhero movies just with my mm -hmm. age group those are and actually you might remember better because i'm young at this point but like x-men movies come out a little before spider-man movies the hugh jackman holly berry of it all so yeah and then that to me was like he is as mount rushmore sacred superhero character as it gets and he's that anyway of course but for folks like me who were adults early adults at the early onset of mcu we've been here kind of like the whole time aware of it i was like when you're an 11 year old hero of mine was charles xavier sure. right yeah he's been in this thing since the beginning is he that's another question is like i know we got blade stuff happening in the future is he the first character to show up in the mcu who is now currently a person in the mcu or you know what i'm saying i, I know it gets a little complicated between x-men and this right and who owns what when but I can't think of anyone else who was in an earlier with the same actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, this was so the when the first X-Men movie came out, that was like 2000, I think. And yeah, we had our blades come out and all that. But not a lot of people really associated that with comic book movies. You know, you know, Wesley Snipes was at his prime and people just saw that as a very cool action vampire movie. X-Men was really the first accepted comic book movie to come out on the big screen that reinvigorated the whole comic book genre because of how well that movie did. And then eventually it led to the ability for them to make a Spider-Man, the same Raimi Spider-Mans and all that stuff like that. So the fact that, you know, uh, Professor X portrayed by, you know, good old uh, Patrick Stewart there, he's been with this whole well tied to that character for a very very long time what 22 years now 
Um, and I think moving forward, Marvel has their own idea of what they're going to do with X-Men once they finally introduce them into the, the current MCU. Um, and from what I've heard was that Patrick Stewart agreed to do this as a one-off because I don't think he wants to come back as Professor X anymore. Uh, he is definitely getting much older, so it's, it's going to be harder and harder for him and all that. Um, but I, I, I love the fact that he agreed to do that. you know. And, yeah. I, and I think this was also Marvel's way of just saying, we know you love these characters. We know you love your Professor X's. We know you love your Fantastic Four. Yes, John is a great dude. You know, this is a preview. Trust us, we're going to do something similar, but it's not going to be what you guys think it's going to be. You know, and th- and that's why I felt like, not, you know, in in a way, it's kind of big, like a big f you to like fan casting and and expectations and all that stuff like that. Um, but um, I did like that they played with that and kind of gave little nods to you know what the fans love, what the fans have been talking about, and all that. Yeah, because even though the Inhumans uh, didn't do that great, I think a lot of people were really excited for them to to come out. So the fact that they got Black Bolt back, you know, for his quick, you know, two minutes of screen fame, um, I thought, you know, was like, again, a nice little nod from them saying that we know you love this character. Don't worry. You know, in this reality, he did. But you know in the 616 world he's definitely gonna come back just let us you know introduce them when it's time to introduce them and all that so um so yeah so uh did you have anything else any other questions about all that i I feel like there's a lot there's a couple other possible tie-ins um i know Mm -hmm. the link i sent over to you was the michael stuhlbarg's character a surgeon from the last doctor strange movie i'm curious the way they set that up makes me think that he might become a bad guy in a future Doctor Strange something. And then mm-hmm. also, uh, th- something that blew my mind on a missed opportunity for this movie was with Shang-Chi, that they could have had a tie-in when they're, at any point, when they're defending Armitage um, or somewhere between Benedict Wong's character being uh, important in Spider-Man the latest Spider-Man, Shang-Chi being one of the recent um, su- highly successful Marvel movies. And even though it was kind of, yeah. it, it, it wasn't fully tied into all the stuff before. It was kind of like one of those one-offs that we talked about they've been doing more lately. It's mm-hmm. in the same world. And I feel like there was a missed opportunity there. Um, I don't know if you want to keep talking about the, the Charles Xavier. It's a little depressing. I the As someone who's casually into this stuff, the 616 of it all, it's hard for me to follow that. Yeah. So even then, it felt like Charles Xavier was dying before my very eyes. And I guess, right, it's where we're at in MC right now with them, the ability to tie in so many different things. And then after Endgame, they have kind of a, like a, you clear the plate off and you get to figure out where you want to go next. I think I, we've already talked about for this movie is that this one felt like a, a wrong foot. It didn't feel sure-footed. It might. There's movies from the first few phases that felt that way at the mm-hmm. time. Where you're like, oh, this was a, a flop. Or what are they going to do with Ant-Man? He's silly. But then you kind of realize over time, like, oh, he's going to be actually very important. And he's there for Endgame. Yeah. So 
maybe they're doing that, but I think there's um, that Illuminati thing just being its own little blip of from that universe that they happen to be in at that time. I don't know if there's a lot of takeaways from that, except they're willing to fuck with the fan service concept. Yeah. There's another version of this where those, you know, John Krasinski goes off on an escape pod and they go, guess what? You're going to have a John Krasinski movie for sure. Whenever you want it. Um, and it, the dude ends up in 616. I, I don't right. know. Uh, <clears throat> all that. But there are other opera, like the Shang-Chi missed opportunity where they could yeah. have done some tie in there. And I, if they had done Spider-Man, what one of the things that made it so successful was tying in the old Spider-Mans and wrapping yeah. up some bows. I think fans right now, myself included, are craving tie up that bow a little more tightly. Let me know where I'm at. Back in the day, Ant-Man could be a one-off, and maybe it would have some small contribution to the big MCU overall. Right now, I'm spoiled because Endgame brought everything together, and then I go Black Widows, Eternals. Shang-Chi, this movie, like, they would, they didn't hold hands saying, like, early on, saying, we promise all this will matter someday. Right now, between that and the TV shows, I'm not sure what I'm investing in right now and spending yeah. this time on. I don't know. That's kind of my thought. And it that, it's almost like that moment of killing the Illuminati was like, a, even if you, for a moment, I go, oh, this could be very important. It's not. Like, right. I feel a little... Um, aimless in where the MCU is at right now and who's important and who's not, you know? Yeah, no, and I don't blame you at all because I, it's a blessing and a curse. Like, it's one of those cool things where I liked the fact that we don't know where they're going here because, and, and basically anything is possible, right? Um, or are they setting up so many different storylines based off of what you want to follow right so are you if you're interested in the disney plus shows okay are they setting something up for some of the characters there that you will only find out through those type of shows you know are you invested in you know whatever's happening with eternals or whatever the case is because that looks like that's going to be something that's going to be in the movies only and let's see what happens there right it's it's not, I don't want to say it's all over the place because I know they do have a roadmap and they do have a plan. It's just hard to really understand what that is right now, you know. And I think by doing what they did in this movie, it's, uh, again, reinforcing the fact that anything can happen, right? And they have the ability to change things on the fly if need be because it could be an easy thing like, well, it's a multiverse thing. Right. So we need to switch things up a little bit and we'll just blame it on the multiverse. Right. Oh, you right. multiverse. We're blaming it on you again. Um, so it, it's, Con, it's check, whatever you right. need to do, bring somebody in, kill somebody, whatever you want to have on a screen, you can now have. Yeah. And and like, that could be a curse. Yeah. You know, that's 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 a good uh, at point of we see it right now with like, I don't know if Ben Affleck, I thought he was going to be in another Batman movie. Now I'm not sure. And this feels like a DC situation where anything could happen. And you don't know if you're going to get that. Like, here's what's happening with the Flash movie. Is Ezra Miller right. okay? I don't know. Yeah. And that's so chaotic. What the multiverse does is it kind of allows them as much carte blanche retconning for that chaos. That yeah. makes it even harder to follow. 
if at the end of whatever phase eight is guess what the multiverse all makes sense now that's yeah. awesome and it, it, it eventually you have to have a cheat code because eventually actors are gonna yeah. die someone will try to renegotiate a contract in a weird way like you, they were so precise with those first few they got lucky in some ways to have mm -hmm. things tie up as nicely as it did they had to do a few like is edward norton okay has anyone checked on him lately uh the last movie i saw him in i wish i had it um and then uh, mark what do you know it's mark ruffalo like there was a few things and it's almost like early on they're like hey if they had that 15-year meeting uh 15 years ago they're like hey we gotta make sure that we have a multiverse asap as soon as we're done with this thing we're working on let's build that in so that way uh we you know hope edward norton comes back for some time the year 2030 when there's three hulks in the same room like they spider man <laughs> that would be great that's obviously bonkers um yeah i i, I know that's a, that's a bit of a tangent but i that's part of me feeling lost in all of this sure yeah maybe they tie it in the way they did before when i wasn't sure if they would you know i don't know it could be like again we we don't know what kevin feige is planning you know i i i don't remember if it was this episode or the previous one where i talked about they just recently had an offsite where they're planning pretty much the next 10 plus years of mcu so they must have this like ultimate roadmap kind of home homeland claire dane style where they have like this rope tying to this and this rope tying to that and you know the, all of a sudden the giant conference room looks like a freaking string game string puzzle or what have you but you know so far they haven't really let us in of any bad road you know i mean i think if anything some fans may consider this to be one of those questionable decisions you know like you know, we said it before, this may be a decisive Marvel movie for the Marvel fans because the handling of Wanda's character, the handling of Doctor Strange's character, you know, what's going to happen now with the multiverse? Because even the multiverse was treated a little differently in this one, you know, where, you know, they, they kind of said, like, if you have certain dreams, that means you are, in essence, living through that alternate version of yourself experiencing that moment which was not something they ever explained before you know it wasn't anything like that that didn't exist like that before so, but now there's a, a reasonable explanation as to a multiverse version of yourself existing because you have a dream about it you know it, it just seems kind of weird that they they would do it that way but um who knows I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, in in, I've always said in in Feige I trust. Uh, but let's see for how long if if it, you know, if it gets more convoluted, you know, as time goes on, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, I was thinking about Shuatel Oyufor and Benedict Cumberbatch's careers. Mm -hmm. They're in Doctor Strange together, and they have their buddy moment here. Yeah, I was also going through uh, Shuatel Oyufor's. IMDb, and he was in a movie called Sherlock Gnomes, where it was Gnomes, but it was a Sherlock Holmes thing, and it was an animated yeah. thing where he lent his voice. Also, the one of the most serious, the most serious movie either of them have been in, where is which I where I remember Chiwetel Ejiofor mm -hmm. coming onto the scene, is Twelve Years a Slave, where Benedict Cumberbatch's character is the owner slaver, and then ends up like taking a liking to, and then selling. We tell Oyufor's character, Solomon Northrup, just to save his life because someone's going to kill him there. 
don't know if this is part of the MCU's whole strategy with the multiverse and like Sherlock Gnomes. And then we have Sherlock Holmes on the BBC. I know Disney's been acquiring a lot of properties left and right. I don't know how far this thing goes. That's how mis misguided I am right now, how aimless it feels. That's obviously absurd, right? <laughs> but maybe it's probably absurd, right? But what I, what you're talking about as far as this being maybe a misstep and polarizing and some people who were all the way in and in-game box office numbers are so wild. Mm. You have the ones we talked about that feel like one-offs and then the TV shows. And yeah. I think right now their batting average, last five movies, I'm going to say two hits uh, of the TV shows. I think it's maybe a 50% uh, hit rate. Mm. But as far as not... MCU fans and comic book fans and people who are just in it. I just want to know how they handle this. I'm curious. And it sparks that comic book fan brain, yeah. more casual person like me who enjoys TV shows and I enjoy movies and I got into MCU and I was obsessed with Endgame and watched all of them did a whole marathon before the casual, the, the casual fans who've been giving them so much money where it goes from a niche comic book thing to the story of cinema of the last mm -hmm. 15 years. You don't get to have this many missteps and not tell us that it's going to pay off. I'm hearing more from folks who, oh, yeah, I didn't watch that Marvel show. Uh, I Oh, I heard I don't need to see that movie. That feels like once that becomes the norm, yeah, there, there could be a, a world where all of this pays off 10 years from now and it's the greatest mm -hmm. box. It beats Endgame at the box office. My gut right now is that we're between... COVID box office issues and this disservice that they they're doing to themselves through some of these decisions. Yeah. Maybe there's not a good way to do it. Maybe after Endgame, you couldn't. There, this is maybe this is the one. Uh, Doctor Strange, the one way that forward for them. I don't know, uh, but I I'm concerned that there's don't make it to that place to where Endgame mm -hmm. even get to happen of this new version of things. Or if it does, it's more of a, a whimper than the Big Bang it was last time. Right. Yeah. And I think I think, you know, because of, you know, the the events of the world, you know, the things that we've all been going through for the last couple of years, um, I think because of that it forced them to switch things up a little bit. You know, we had movies that were that came out not at the proper time it was supposed to come out, but because of scheduling, because of, you know, lack of finishing and completion. You know, just like on the, t on the TV front, WandaVision was not supposed to be the first series to come out. You know, it was really actually supposed to be uh, Captain America and the Win Winter Soldier. That was supposed to be the first one to come out. I think WandaVision was supposed to be the second or third in, in their, their overarching plan. Um, but they've had to make adjustments and all that, you know, and I, I think they themselves are dealing with that right now. And that's why that's why maybe it feels very all over the place, because maybe it wasn't their original vision of the roadmap. Right. But I think as things get better and, and they're catching up and everything, I think that's when we're, we're going to see it hopefully making more and more sense um i do feel like the disney plus shows are making more sense than the movies right now but the movies themselves do feel like a lot of standalone stuff so at the end of the day it doesn't really hurt right i it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with thor love and thunder when that comes out and how yeah. that's really gonna play out because if that feels off too 
or that feels yeah. out of place, then Original could we put right? Could that, that no, no. Would does that just basically mean now we are maybe oversaturated? And, you know, maybe it's time to you know cut back, or I mean, I don't think they're ever going to cut back. But as a fan. And as a casual fan, is it time for you to be like, you know what? Maybe I'll just catch certain things that catch my eye. I may not have to go out and watch every single thing that comes out because it's just a bit much. And for the most part, it's it's I'm not getting the same thing out of it like I did when I originally invested, like you know, over ten years ago or what have you, right? So, I mean, time will tell, you know. But I'm I'm. It actually brings up a very good point. You know, I'm curious about what all of you guys and girls out there think. You know, I've heard people say like the comic book fatigue, the superhero movie fatigue. You know, like are we getting to that point where it's just too much now? You know, where we have all this content and we don't know where they're going. And you know, is it time to kind of just pinpoint? All right. If it's these characters, I'm only going to follow these characters. If it's this story, I'm only going to follow this story. Or just take a break in general and just wait to see if it makes more sense a year or two from now when we start seeing the fruits of whatever they're building actually coming back. And then is it going to be one of the situations where like, I guess now I have to go back and watch this and that to catch up and da-da-da-da-da, right? So I, I am curious like what all of you think because um, one I ran a poll once on the channel when Moon Knight was coming out, and I asked basically uh, the audience, uh, "How, you know, are you looking forward to Moon Knight and watching Moon Knight and all that?" And a good amount of people voted saying that I don't need to watch another Marvel show. You know, so I have a feeling that there are already people out there feeling that. You know, they're getting that, and I think it's because of the abundance of content that we're getting. Um, but it is, it is very interesting to see. And again, love to hear what all of you guys and girls think. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, there are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. So just to close things out here about uh, uh, Doctor Strange. So 
a lot of speculation coming into this movie too was that a lot of things that was revealed in what if was going to be revealed here in this movie as well and i feel like it was one of those give and takes where some things were but other things were not specifically right like you've mentioned the the zombie doctor strange which was something that was hinted on what if and then we got to see that actually come into life not in the same story elements as it you know happened on what if but we got to see it right but i think one of the biggest ones that were kind of um not misleading but I think it was just based off of people's speculations was that the quote-unquote final showdown between the two Stranges, you know, our Doctor Strange and the evil Doctor Strange, that we were going to get the same evil Doctor Strange or Doctor Strange Prime, as they refer him to as, from the What If show. And that was the one that, in his reality, he tried to change time so many times to try to save Christine that he pretty much obliterated his entire universe right and he was left all alone and all that we did not get that Doctor Strange in this movie we got a version of it that was somewhat close where yes this Strange did try to save Christine after a while but then he gave up and then he learned the Darkhold magic and then he kind of flipped it where he's just like now he's more curious about going to other universes and killing off their Doctor Strange because he wants to be the ultimate Doctor Strange left in the, in the, in the, in the, all of the multiverse, right? So nice little flip there, right? And very interesting. And they, there was that back and forth between our Strange and that Strange because our Strange needs to get a hold of the Darkhold magic in order to finally fight off Wanda and stop whatever she's trying to do. Uh, or at least get her to the point where we have more control of the situation and Chavez can... America Chavez, whether you liked her or not, had one of those typical moments of a young budding hero where she finally realized how to hone in on her own powers and it doesn't have to revolve around, it only happens when I get scared. You know, yeah. so she had her Spider-Man moment, where she yeah. realized like I can actually control it, you know, and I have it all in me. So, yeah, what what, what did you think about all that? So the one uh, another big missed opportunity, which I didn't realize it necessarily at the time, was in MCU history. Some of the coolest fight scenes are someone against an alternate version of themselves. I'm thinking of yeah. Vision at the end of WandaVision. Sure. I'm thinking of Captain America versus Captain America when we're doing time travel and mm -hmm. it's not multiverse stuff or um, the Doctor Strange on Doctor Strange fight wasn't that great and it ended no. pretty weak with him yeah. jumping down and falling on a spike. When I'm thinking about the way they handled action in this movie, because there was also when we're talking about the Illuminati and how quick those deaths were, this was not an action movie and it's almost like Sam Raimi said, I don't know, but if he said, I like doing horror movies, those mm -hmm. Spider-Man movies, all the choreography and the punching and kicking, that's not what I'm a fan of. I'm going to shortchange every single one of those fight scenes. I'm trying to think even through what the good fight scenes were, which is something where in any given Marvel movie, even if it's one of those weird genre ones where it's more of a, a, a like a one-off, there's usually some good fighting no matter what. And here it's more of the Doctor Strange, he'll make a bus, cut it in half with a light beam, 
or it's when he stabs the octopus eyeball guy, which we'll have to talk about eyeballs in a second, what that was at the end. But um, <laughs> with, a, with a giant like lamppost something. Yeah. This was not, this was bad action. We're talking about Wanda trying to break through the walls and then just uh, pops up. This was a, in that way, this was a horror movie because that happens a lot in a horror yeah. movie. Someone chased and chased and they're on a mission. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get through to the thing. And then they see the big bat and then somebody's head gets chopped off pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't thought about that. I really, because we got to see someone fighting themselves multiple times in, Mar- in the MCU. We haven't seen that with Doctor Strange. That would have been pretty interesting, where he's just like putting himself through portals and like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it would have been like like great to like he didn't even utilize the mirror verse, right? You know, just like when he had his fight with Spider Man, he did the mirror dimension, and they were fighting through there. He didn't even attempt to do any of that stuff, you know. Like he did briefly with Wanda with, at Scarlet Witch, but she found her way to break out of that real quick, you know. And I thought that was pretty cool. I felt like the majority of the fights in this movie all culminated in the beginning where we were thrown into this fight with Suave Strange. I call him Suave because he has a ponytail. You know, Suave Strange and Chavez fighting a big monster, right? And that was like a big battle. And then shortly after that, in the streets of New York City, it's, again, Strange, Chavez, and eventually Wong fighting yet another big monster. You know, and you could tell, like, Sam Raimi, he just loves monsters. He loves horror and all that. And that was really what he was focusing on throughout this whole movie. Not This is not your Captain America or Winter Soldier fight scenes. This is not your Avengers fight scenes. This is not like that. You know, it, it was a lot of this and that. And, you know, look over there and I'm over here. And, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It, it was a lot of that. And... Yes, it, some, some of it was weak. Totally, the, the fight with his evil version was really, really, I thought, weak. And I, I, I guess I was hoping for more um, from that uh, in total. But, yeah, you're not wrong for feeling that way. But regardless, uh, let's just dive into the ending and how the movie pretty much ended up. So, you know, obviously they did what they had to do. Um, Chavez is now training on Kamataj with Wong. Um, you know, Doctor Strange goes off into his own. He's still protecting the Sanctum on New, in New York City. Um, Wong seems to be like that really uh, connecting factor with a lot of these movies. You know, like you mentioned before, he was at the end of Shang-Chi in the post credit scenes. He pulls Shang-Chi and, and Aquafina into the portal and starts like explaining stuff to them and everything. So you're right. Where were they during this whole time if the last we saw of them was them hanging out with Wong, right? Um, so Wong has been around almost as much as Strange has. Uh, it makes sense since he is the Sorcerer Supreme now in our 616. Um, and he's kind of like the protector of this realm and all that. But it looks like Chavez may potentially be, I don't know, a sorcerer too. Because we see her training and trying to do all that stuff. Uh, Wanda... Looks to be dead, but I don't think she is. Uh, I think she's definitely going to come back eventually. But she had to pretty much take herself out as she's getting rid of that temple that holds the Darkhold magic, the originating uh, you know area of the Darkhold magic and all that stuff like that. Um, but as we're going through the post, the mid-credits scene uh, at the end of the movie, hey, 
it's Charlize Theron. What's up? You know, she like she just pops up in her cute little purple outfit there. You know, and she's like, "Hey, you messed up, and now we have to correct your mess up again." You know, and you know she opens up uh, the dark dimension, which we haven't seen since Doctor Strange one. You know, but I think I'm pretty sure you're probably wondering, well, who the fuck is she, right? And why is yeah. she popping up? Yeah. So, sure. in in the comic books, uh, that character's name is Clea. Clea, just think of Doctor Strange, but a dark dimension version of Doctor Strange. So, if you remember the first Doctor Strange movie, his ultimate one-on-one was with him and Dormammu. Dormammu is the, the the crazy dark dimension guy that he kept like reversing time and asking him the same question over and over again, driving him nuts and all that. Dormammu's thing is like he they he Dormammu always wants to take over all the universes, right? So Clea is that dimension's Doctor Strange. She is like the Sorcerer Supreme there. But because of what happened with the multiverse now and all that, I guess something's got messed up on in the dark dimension that now she comes to seek his help to try to fix or correct or to answer to all the problems that have happened because of it. And because now Doctor Strange has that crazy third eye, which is part of the Darkhold magic, which we saw the evil Doctor Strange have. And since our Doctor Strange had to ingest some of the the Darkhold magic to fight off against, to fight Uh, Wanda, it, and if you remember, Wong was kept asking him, like, are you okay? You know, because you had to ingest some of that dark old magic, and that's not something to take lightly. And Strange is like, I'm perfectly fine. Well, apparently he's not. And apparently there is some remnants of that dark old magic within him. What that, what does that mean moving forward for Strange? I don't know. But well, I guess we'll find out. But now he has that, you know, he could summon the darker powers along with his usual power set there so i didn't realize that was a dark powers thing that makes more sense because i just thought that was the other character had developed that with some there's a moment i know that i'm uh, obtuse when it comes to the comic book stuff we go wait did the other doctor strange just pop in was there some weird misdirection what you're saying makes so much more sense thank you for explaining that yeah it's Mm -hmm. when you use dark magic then you can get a third eye and now Benedict Cumberbatch is character is going to have a might have a third eye in the next for the rest of the time. Well, it, I don't think it's immediately because that's hard to fucking look at. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's a permanent thing. I think it's when yeah. you when you hone in on that side of the magic, that's something yeah. that forms on you. You know, whatever. And again, I don't know for a fact that that's how it works. I, I there's there's a limit to my comic book knowledge, um, but I, it just looks like it's one of those things that when you conjure up that side of the magic, then that th- that's like the calling card, right? That's like, oh, I'm in dark magic mode. Here's my third eye. Yeah. So not, not only are like because yeah, maybe someone out there, if you have the answer, throw it in the comments. I beg, please. But I'm yeah. pretty sure we're also just kind of making shit up at some point. <laughs> These two post-credit scenes have to be the two most disappointing post-credit scenes of all time. And if Sam Raimi was like, right in the editing process, was like, I'm going to fuck with these guys a little bit. They said I get to choose whatever, whatever. He kills off some, like, the John Krasinski, which you're talking about, was like a big rumor, like, what will that be? Maybe Mm -hmm. it'll still happen, whatever. But he does that. He kills Charles Xavier. 
longest running bluff character in this universe. He then has a post credit scene that may, when I'm thinking about it that way, if it's, that could have been just a little blip with third eye of Doctor Strange being like, hey, no, I'm fine. Whoa, I'm not okay. Okay, that was weird. I'm going to go take some yeah. Advil and it's gone. That might be insignificant. Last one, which I'm going to let you explain or tell, tell what happens in it. It's the most meaningless one I can ever fathom. I kept looking for things in the background of like, where's the significance here? Even the ones that are silly and dumb before there was some character. Oh, this yeah. person's now in this universe. Oh, I've never seen that guy before. What does that mean? Even the one where yeah. it was just the sound of what we didn't know if it was like Thor's hammer or Iron Man. Right, right, right. Like, that's right. the most yeah. meaningless one that had so much, or like the most random one that had so much meaning. It was yeah. just a joke, right? Of a buddy of Sam Raimi's. I, am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything at all. And so, uh, again, so the ending of the movie, we see Doctor Strange with the third eye, right? So he's like, he's walking out of the sanctum, and then all of a sudden he has a headache. Third eye! You know, and that's how the movie ends, right? So that kind of tells the audience, uh-oh, he's not that great, right? And then mid credit scene, again, walking down the street. So I guess he's fine now. And then, right. you know, Charlie Saron pops up as Clea, said, hey, I need you to come with me back to the dark dimension. Let me cut through, you know, time and space and let's go. And like, you're not afraid, right? And then it's like, third eye, no, I'm never afraid because I guess now he has dark magic, right? The last credit the uh, post credit scenes after all the credits run i consider this sam raimi shawarma moment now if you remember the original avengers you know the running joke that tony stark always said it's like hey i know this great shawarma place you know on something something street and all that when they finally defeat all the aliens in in new york one of the last things he says like all right who's down for shawarma right so I felt like it was one of those things where, you know, Sam Raimi's huge friends with Bruce Campbell. You know, he knows people are going to sit through all the credits just to wait for that last scene. And we, the last we left of Bruce, he was still punching himself in the face because that's what Doctor Strange made him do. And he even made a joke. It's like, it's going to last like three weeks or whatever. So I guess we're finally at the end of three weeks. And Bruce stops punching himself and literally looks into the camera, looks at us, the audience, and says, it's over. And that was just a big, like, ha-ha, you know, and that was it. And I think that was just Sam Raimi's way of just having fun, really. If somebody loved the movie, that probably would be like a little, oh, gosh, that was fun. I, really, I yeah. As someone who yeah. didn't enjoy the movie, that was uh, left it in even a worse taste in my mouth of, like, <laughs> this is just a big troll, like... I, I, if there's a, a version where it's just all the things that I would least like between fantasy, the campiness, um, whatever Sam Raimi's doing in those regards, and he's short, and they're trying to open up for the next phases and saying we can, this is the multiverse, so different things can happen and we might fuck with your expectations. And then he has two post credit scenes that are. The, I sorry, you're right. The first one was actually meaningful. The, set, the last one was just a felt like a fuck you. There's too many times where it felt like a fuck you for this moment in Marvel, where <laughs> like if you told me Sam Raimi's check from from an old Spider-Man took too long to clear, and he's just like dicking with someone who, oh yeah, they still have that same person in accounting who got hired over when whatever acquisition, like I I. I'm bothered that that, to me, one of the most 
likely explanations for why I didn't like this movie was like Sam Raimi's like somebody, you know, pissed off Sam Raimi in, at the urinal one time or like said something about his whoever he's dating. Like I, there's too many go fuck yourself moments for it. And if that's maybe you would know, is is that just Sam Raimi is always doing that? I don't know, but that's Ooh. that's a lot of that for Marvel, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I don't entirely disagree with you, um, but. Sam Raimi is that very quirky type of he has that quirky sense of humor um, again if you go through if you go back to his library of stuff that he's done like you you'll see a lot of it you, you definitely do see a lot of it and he loves to have fun with the audience and, and that's kind of his way of having fun with the audience especially knowing that the audience is still gonna be there once the last bit of credits rolls and he's having fun because right now that's always the expectation right it's like as a moviegoer marvel has now forced the audience to even if it's not a marvel movie to expect that there's going to be something at the end of the credits you know and even when there's not right so i sam raimi is just having fun with that whole thing plus people you're right it, it, those who love Sam Raimi, those who love Bruce Campbell, they're going to enjoy that moment because they're going to be like, ah, that was pretty funny. Like when I saw it, I laughed. I laughed. I thought I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. You know, but I at the same time, I knew how it would affect others, which made me laugh even more because it was a troll moment. And even in the audience, you would hear people moan and groan and all that stuff. And you're like, that's it. You know, and well, they didn't ask you to wait. You know, it's like this is this is kind of your own doing, right? So, um, but yeah, it is what it is. Like like I said in the other video, it's definitely not one of my most favorite Marvel films as of recent. Uh, it definitely is kind of mid tier for me. Um, I gave it a rating of a three, maybe three and a half, depending on the week and all that. And I know for you, Blake, this was definitely on the low end for you as well, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, um, I think my last thoughts, like in summary, yeah, the another missed opportunity. America Chavez's character, her arc starts early on. We're realizing that she lost her mom's, her parents, mm -hmm. because of this power that she couldn't control. And then the moral of the story at the very end is face your fears. That's the advice right. that she receives, and that's when she's finding her her powers. That's, essentially the moral of the story overall where mm -hmm. dr strange is allowing dark magic and trusting himself more and facing those fears uh and then wanda more than anybody at some point i think it was benedict wong's character is saying um you can't you be okay knowing that your boys are happy in another universe and that someone else is taking care of them or do you have to control everything Instead, Wanda's lesson kind of by the end when she starts to like give up on her mission, the the sad lesson that we watch her learn uh, was that that is she messed it up and she shouldn't have been trying to control everything. Instead, right. process everything that happened before. Again, I'm going to tie it back into my criticism criticism of the film overall is like I the idea of like face your fears, be accepting of where we're at in the Marvel universe. You're not in control of everything. We're no longer in MCU. We're in like MCMU of the the or MCM whatever the multiverse. Um, I I feel directionless right now. I 
don't have that confidence that they imparted uh, to to America Chavez at the end of that movie. That was a nice moral to that story. I I I'm certain I will keep watching Marvel stuff. I still haven't seen Moon Knight, and this might be the first one where I fall off. We've seen it happen with franchises before, where like uh, I know that you you talked about Moon Knight and uh, and Star Wars stuff a lot, but like mm-hmm. there was a minute where we thought, oh, they're gonna have a new Star Wars movie every two years, and they're already planning the right. next trilogy, and then nope, couple wrong plays early on there, and now they in tv show mode mandalorian was a hit and then boba fett to my mind was not mm-hmm. we're in a multiverse outside of the mcm mcu where there's so many options for how people can spend their time people got so comfortable with streaming in the age yeah. of covid and box office numbers are so down what used to be successful i was looking at it earlier when we we're talking about x-men like at the time, they had the third highest opening day in movie history, and it was something like 21 million. I don't know what this movie ends up with. I know it's not going to be a Spider-Man number. I'm I'm confident saying that. We're now in an era where what might be like a, the next version of Marvel is like, okay, we're going to get people talking about our show or our movie for a few days. If they talk about it, if they watch the whole thing and tell someone else to watch it, that's great. And then it'll pass really quickly. People are mm-hmm. so distracted in like our modern media multiverse of like you be doing anything like the Super Bowl is the only consistent thing anymore. Um, or sorry, the big game. You need to cut that. Um, <laughs> not, even, not even the Too Oscars. Late. Yeah, can, can have reli- reliable viewers. Right. I, I hope that Marvel makes more precise decisions moving forward. Uh, I, I'm sure I'll keep watching it. I know that eventually you lose enough fans and now in-game isn't going to be what it was last time. That was a everyone in the everyone at the water cooler. That was one of the few modern-day water cooler moments we have. So many times you go, oh, have you seen this new show? Someone goes, no, I'm going to binge it in a month. Or, no, I'm waiting on my buddy to watch it. And there used to be like, this feels like a lost opportunity right here. And I hope they regain their footing. I really do. Because I love this this franchise, this IP. Uh, Blake, all I have to tell you is face your fears. Mm-hmm. Marvel will always have your back, and they will always be able to fulfill your need for good old comic book superhero fun times on screen, whether it's in the theater or at home on Disney Plus or not. And they could just be like, fuck off. You're just one dude. We don't give a shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Say what if, you want. If that, that worked and I got the powers, I would immediately, one, first, I would open up a multiverse portal and figure out what happened to her moms. That's the easiest way to wrap up this movie in a feel-good type of way is she faces yeah. her fears. And, Where are the moms? Are they okay? Maybe maybe in her spinoff movie, that's a huge thing. But every time in a movie, you go, oh, here's the biggest Part of your crisis, what's eating away at you? Don't worry, we'll wrap it up, and you'll get to hug your mom with you. That would have been so beautiful. Yeah. The second thing I would do after I find America Chavez's moms and like try to connect them would be to go to a universe where this movie didn't suck. Oh, terrible! I think they did leave that open on purpose to explore whether or not they decide to do an America Chavez show or whatever the case have you or whatever. Um, also, I. I you, I love the whole face your fear aspect because even Christine Palmer says that to Strange when Strange confesses in the alternate version of 
of her saying like I love you uh, I've always wanted to be with you it's just you know I had to do this and do that blah 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 and that and she basically tells him face your fears also and you know or else it would have all worked out um, I hope all of you watching and listening face your own fear and let us know in the comments don't be afraid Tell us what you think about the movie. Tell us what you think about our takes. Whether it's you agree or you disagree, we want to hear from all of you, no matter what the comments are. Let us know. Uh, hope you enjoyed watching this episode of Movie Time, talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And before we sign off for the day, Blake, where can people find you online? Go to letterbox.com. BlakewolfSSN is my screen name, B-L-A-K-E-W-O-L-F. SSN, like Blake Wolf's screen name. Follow me there. Uh, I love that place. And you'll see me uh, currently, after our conversation, Dr. Strange had a generous 3.5. I'm about to drop that right now. Boom. Which, yeah. which is which is funny because normally when we have conversations about movies, it actually changes your mind positively. So it sounds like this is the opposite of that. You would convince me that this was actually good. Instead, you're like, no, it's just Sam Raimi doing his thing. I was like, okay, well, that's not good enough. I, 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 <laughs> I'm not feeling forgiving right now. Hey, but I'm I just being you. Thank you. And oh, I, yeah, always. I love, love doing this with you. No, same, same here. I mean, this is the reason why I look forward to this every week. So, uh, yes, don't forget, follow Blake on Letterboxd. Uh, great, great uh, app and platform there. As for myself and Loki Geek, you can see all the tags on screen, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Don't forget, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. If you've already done all that now and in the past, thank you so much. We appreciate all the support. Uh, for you audio listeners, thank you for listening every week. If you want an audio version of this, don't forget, you could just go to your podcast platform of choice and find this episode and others under the Loki Geek channel there. Um, and I guess the next movie, or at least the next big movie that we're planning to hopefully talk about is Top Gun. So we'll see how that pans out. But stay tuned to the channel. If you hit that notification bell, you will get notified every time a new episode of ours is uploaded. So with all that being said, I'm Renee. This is Blake. This has been Movie Time, and we'll catch all you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.